0: A roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Michael Wong. Coming up on the program. Chinese Premier Li Qiang attends the 22nd meeting of the Council of Heads of Government of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, highlighting the significance of regional decision-making free from external interference profits of major Chinese industrial firms jumped by double digits for a second straight month in September, rising nearly 12% year-on-year as policy support feeds through to the real economy. And we'll take a closer look at how a major French supermarket chain is protecting consumer rights by calling out the issue of shrinking goods, but not shrinking prices. In first time, Chinese Premier Li Qiang participated in the 22nd meeting of the Council of Heads of Government of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. During his address, Li reiterated China's dedication to the SCO's principles and highlighted the significance of regional decision making free from external interference. Looking forward, Premier Li urged a deeper cooperation across four areas emphasizing regional security and economic recovery, advancing the Belt and Road Initiative, and enhancing people-to-people exchanges. The meeting saw the participation of high-level representatives from member states, including Kazakhstan, Russia, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan, as well as representatives from several observer nations. Multiple cooperation agreements and resolutions were approved during the session. And an Iranian delegation attended the SCO's heads of government meeting in Kyrgyzstan. As a new full member of the bloc, Iran considers the meeting an opportunity to strike agreements. Our Ersan Kevani has more from Tehran.
1: In July this year, Iran was accepted as a full member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization known as DSCO. The Eurasian Multilateral Bloc is the largest regional grouping in terms of geographic scope and population. Iran is under harsh economic and financial sanctions and is working hard
2: to reduce their impact. a new order is being formed in the world and across the region. The world is in
1: transition from unipolarity to multipolarity. Countries are therefore
0: forming new bilateral and multilateral relationships.
1: The SCO is becoming a global force thanks to its members' economic power along with the presence of two permanent members of the UN Security Council, China and Russia. Iran's vice president has emphasized Tehran's desire to make best use of its SCO membership ahead of the 22nd meeting of the Council of Heads of Government in the Carcass capital, Bishkek, There are very high economic capacities among the ICO members. We have our own capacities in Iran as well. I believe Iran's membership in the organization can greatly enhance economic relationships. According to official statistics from the Iranian government, from March to September this year, the trade volume between Iran and SCO members witnessed a more than 40 percent increase compared to the similar period in 2022, reaching nearly 22 billion U.S. dollars. One of the key objectives for Iran in the SCO is to provide transit opportunities to member states for the north-south and east-west corridors, but there are possible alternatives. Iran is also attempting to become an active party to the International North-South Transport Corridor, which ties India to Europe via Iran, Central Asian countries, and Russia. And the SCO could provide a promising platform for Tehran to achieve its goals. Asan Bani, CGTN, Tehran.
0: And for more on the SCO's heads of government meeting in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, I want to bring in Xu Jing, an assistant professor at the Institute for International and Area Studies at Tsinghua University. Professor Xu, welcome to the program. Uh, I want to get your take first on Premier Li Qiang's four proposals at the SCO heads of government meeting, namely, again, emphasizing regional security, emphasizing the economic recovery, advancing belt and road cooperation, and boosting people-to-people exchanges. So how do you view this message in this current? Complex international environment that we're currently living in. In the current international environment, it is uh, of
3: great importance to ensure that the promote exchanges between countries, the free movement of people, and uh, on that basis, the joint planning of cooperation. Projects in the interests of different parties, China's promotion of Belt and Road Initiative and launching of projects that meet the needs and interests of countries along the Belt and Road, are both vital initiatives to safeguard the globalization and also an
0: attempt to explore a new type of international cooperation. And Professor Sir, how do you see the Shanghai Cooperation Organization strengthening existing regional, bilateral, and multilateral cooperation mechanisms?
3: The central part of uh, Premier Li's official visit includes participation in the meeting of SEO Council of Head of Government. The Chinese side clarified it will actively work with member countries to carry forward the Shanghai spirit and promote regional peace, stability, and development. The SCO is growing international Organization and uh, its vital multilateral role is common expectation of its member states. Uh, its significance for the region and the world is growing day by day with expansion of its membership and the topics on which it focuses. It is the hope of all parties concerned including China that SEO will create a future through its efforts and actively address regional and global issues in the current international environment.
0: Yeah, and of course, we got a joint communique from the SCO heads of government meeting and that communique noting an emphasis on the significance of the SCO economic development strategy to 2030, adding that this document is called on to facilitate the SCO's economic breakthrough while prioritizing the green agenda, expanding regional trade, and the creation of a favorable business and investment climate in the SCO region. So what do you think this means for the broader Eurasia region? The SEO economic development strategy to 2030 is,
3: uh, uh, of course, of great uh, significance. It will positively impact the effective use of multilateral mechanisms by member states, realization of their uh, economic development potential, and also the achievement of high quality economic development in the coming period. The strategy aims to promote breakthroughs in SEO economic cooperation focused on the green agenda, strengthening the regional trade in the SCO region and uh, creating a favorable business and investment environment. For the broader Eurasian region, active use of the effectiveness of multilateral mechanism to expose the potential for the economic development and possibilities for cooperation is promising for all parties.
0: And of course, this SCO meeting was held in Kyrgyzstan, this heads of government meeting. The joint communique from the heads of government meeting showed that the Kyrgyz Republic, in addition to other SCO members, reaffirming their support for the Belt and Road Initiative. So what kind of outcomes and partnerships have we seen for Kyrgyzstan uh, under the BRI framework, Professor Shi? During the talk with Kyrgyz leadership, Premier Li pointed out that China and Kyrgyzstan should
3: uh, implement the medium- and long-term economic and trade cooperation plan uh, and promote trade to expand the scale and optimize the structure. The agreement was also reached on accelerating the construction of key projects such as China, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan Railway and Port Corporation, which helps facilitate connectivity. The content also uh, includes expanding cooperation in advanced manufacturing, digital economy, uh, new energy vehicles and so on. Uh, Can you support and to participate in the Belt and Road Initiative and believes that the above-mentioned cooperation and development will yield significant outputs?
0: All right. Many thanks for your thoughts on that. Shijing, Assistant Professor at Tsinghua University, thank you for your time. Well, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has stressed the need for a dialogue between China and the United States. Wang made the remarks in his meeting with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Washington. Wang says despite disagreements and differences, China and the U.S. share important common interests and face challenges that they need to respond to together. Wang also called for expanding consensus and conducting mutually beneficial cooperation. The Chinese foreign minister is returning Blinken's visit to China in June.
2: Good evening. I'm very pleased to welcome... Prime Minister Wang to the United States. I very much look forward to constructive conversations over the next two days.
3: China and the United States need to have dialogue. Not only should we resume dialogue, but dialogue should be comprehensive so that with dialogue we have increased understanding, reduced misunderstanding, constantly seek to expand common ground and pursue cooperation that will benefit both sides so that we can stabilize China-U.S. relations and return it to the track of healthy, stable, and sustainable development.
0: Meanwhile, the Great Wall Climate Dialogue has wrapped up in Beijing with calls for more cooperation between China and the United States to combat the effects of climate change. The meeting brought together China's Minister of Ecology and Environment, provincial leaders, as well as the governor of the U.S. state of California, Gavin Newsom. Our Dongxie has more.
4: California's Governor Gavin Newsom called for stronger climate collaboration between Beijing and Washington.
0: China and the
5: United States represent anywhere from 41 to 44 percent of the world's emissions. We're never going to address the issue of climate change uh, on this planet unless the United States and China work more collaboratively
4: together. At the Great World Climate Dialogue, he put that message to China's Minister of Ecology and Environment, Huang Renquiu, and provincial leaders. Minister Huang Renchou echoed the need for stronger collaboration. Huang again reiterated Beijing's aim of reaching its carbon emissions peak in 2030 and carbon neutrality in 2060, adding that climate cooperation is a vital component of China's relationship with the United States.
1: China and the U.S. started cooperation on environment and climate in the 1980s, and it's an important part of the relations. The two heads of state issued three joint statements on climate change, making historic contributions to the implementation of the Paris Agreement.
4: Newsom highlighted that California is on the front lines of climate change, saying the hots are getting a lot hotter. He said the state also experienced record-breaking floods this year, and that's why he sees a great sense of urgency not just to identify problems, but to put concrete changes into action. Chinese President Xi Jinping told Gavin Newsom yesterday that he sees potential for collaboration with the U.S. on green development, adding that it is possible for the two countries to strengthen cooperation in areas like green development as well as climate change and to make it a new height in the development of China-U.S. relations. Echoing the positive tone, the governor of California suggested climate cooperation is one way to help improve bilateral ties. 東雪, CGTN, Beijing.
0: Profits in China's industrial firms rose for a second month in September, adding to signs of a stabilizing economy. The nearly 12% year-on-year increase followed a gain of 17% in August. Analysts attribute the stabilization to recent policy measures rolled out by the government. On a nine-month basis, data from the National Bureau of Statistics shows the profits of major industrial firms slid 9% from a year ago to over 5 trillion yuan, or just over 700 billion U.S. dollars. The overall improvement of profits in the third quarter was led by the raw material manufacturing sector. Recent data indicates the Chinese economy is stabilizing after growing faster than expected in Q3. And new data from the Ministry of Finance reveals that profits of China's state-owned enterprises jumped by 4.3% year-on-year in the first nine months. The total operating revenue rose 3.9% to over 62 trillion yuan, or about 8.5 trillion U.S. dollars. Now, let's get more on China's latest industrial profit numbers and bring in Jimmy Zhu, chief strategist at Fullerton Research for more. Jimmy, thank you for joining us. So first of all, give us the big picture. Break down the numbers for us. What stood out to you in China's latest industrial profit numbers?
2: Well, the industrial property number shows the recent policy stimulus probably may already have um, some impact on the economy. And uh, what we see the reduced in produce prices also likely to further ease. This is very important for the industry because um, when the reduced in the producer prices coming, so more companies are willing to invest. And there's one very shining point, actually, in today's uh, segment is the ferrous metals melting. We see a big jump in this uh, in these uh, sectors, so that that might um, signal that the property market now already had some pickup sign, and uh, the housing sales also made a really warming, and also the electronic related companies profits are very strong. This is a new. Um, gold engine for China, so this is likely to continue carry out. But uh, what we see, the textile are still a bit lagging, so which means the consumption demand probably is a bit too soft at this moment, which might prompt the government to further produce some me- uh, to promote some measures to spur the demand in the consumptions.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering if you can uh, expand a little bit more for us on the demand picture here in China, Jimmy. Because industrial profits swing back to growth in Q3 on a quarterly basis compared to Q2 and Q1. Give us some more details in terms of the recovery in the market demand here in China with the latest industrial profit numbers, especially, I guess, under this backdrop of a more volatile and slower global growth environment?
2: Right, Uh, first, the global environment is likely to carry on given the Federal reserve rate and also some other central banks' rates are still very high. Um, the global manufacturing PMI also a bit weak at this moment, which, mean have, uh, which means that, that for the next year, the growth is uh, likely to, um, driven by the domestic demand. And the positive sign is where we see the retail sales is already start to pick up in the middle of uh, third quarter. It's a very important sign because it shows that consumers' confidence is already back. Uh, but what we see, the manufacturing is still uh, a bit slow. But uh, probably the PMI data will be still about fifty uh, next week, because of the industrial profit are still very strong. Um, uh, what we see is the fiscal stimulus now is uh, playing a very big role, especially when the uh, when the nation, when the policy makers announced the one trillion um, stu- uh, st- stimulus. I think uh, there's some more to come for next year to support the local demand.
0: And Jimmy, do the latest industrial profit numbers really show that policy support is feeding through to the real economy? We've seen a series of macro policy support, that accumulation. Uh, can we say to t- definitively that we are seeing the effects on the real economy now? Some, but
2: I think uh, not in full force because uh, a massive um, stimulus uh, start to come in, start to introduce, which, only, which is only a few months ago. So usually it takes about two to three quarters to take into the um, full effect um, for the infrastructure spending. I think that probably will be the key area for the um, for the um, for next year to support more growth. And for earlier, what we see that some measures to spur the consumption and support the property, which already reflect into this industrial property that it shows some effect. Uh, but I think the full force probably will only come maybe in maybe early next year.
0: Okay, we're going to leave it there. Many thanks for your thoughts on all of that. Jimmy Zhu, Chief Strategist at Fullerton Research, thank you so much. The Agriculture and Rural Development Seminar for Developing Nations commenced in Beijing on October 18th and will run until November 7th. The seminar aims to foster agricultural talent from Belt and Road partner countries. Our Li Yuan was there spending a day with participants. I love students, so I'm the I've university so professor for such kind of seminar, I'm, I just <laughs> know.
6: By the banks of Liangma River in Beijing, such kind of seminars mentioned by Professor Liu from China Agricultural University are held in a meeting room in the Foreign Economic Corporation Center of the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs. On their third day together, I joined them.
2: And then later on, they can
6: sell the product in a higher form. The Seminar on Agriculture and Rural Development for Developing Countries aims to provide a platform to explore ways of promoting cooperation between China and developing countries in these areas. Then I met Ibrahim and Sadiqwa, who are both from Pakistan. Ibrahim works as a research officer at Agriculture and Cooperatives Department, Balochistan City.
7: We are particularly having research on fruit crops, uh, on temperate fruit. Oh, it's, it's been above my expectations, uh, particularly the interaction between different countries, different cultures, different uh, school of thought, different minds, and, uh, well, obviously different faces. So we are enjoying and we are interacting. Uh, we have just uh, killed some stereotypes as well, oh, especially... Here we are uh, on the topic of agriculture and rural development. So I'm learning about their communities, how they take over their agriculture uh, operations. Definitely it will have impact uh, on my abilities and uh, I will take um, um, so much knowledge back to my country.
6: Sadikwa currently works as deputy director of agriculture information for the government of Balochistan City.
4: I have very good feelings about the BRI. It will bring uh, peace, uh, employment and prosperity, inshallah, to Pakistani people. This will, inshallah, bring uh, peace and employment uh, opportunities for the people of my country. And uh, that will ultimately bring uh, prosperity and happiness uh, for the both countries. CGTM,
6: Beijing.
0: The United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development places no poverty as its foremost objective. Sarah Savastano, Director of Research and Impact Assessment at the International Fund for Agricultural Development, shared with CGTN that China's global poverty reduction efforts have been remarkable and that global cooperation is crucial. Take a listen.
7: The world has to join forces to eradicate poverty. And this means really working together among countries to identify solution. There is no one fit for all solution. All the solutions have to be adapted to the local context. Uh, China has really showed a tremendous uh, performance and especially did huge revolution in the land market. We all know how important is access to land to improve agriculture productivity. The reform and piloting experiment that has been done, conducted in China in the area of property right over land, I think are extremely important to pave the way in the future and to stimulate other countries who have, are still undergoing land reform to implement at the maximum and, to, and this will lead in the future to increase agriculture productivity and increase agriculture growth.
0: To Europe, where the rising cost of living has hit people hard when they do their weekly shopping. Prices for many household staples remain stubbornly high, driven up by inflation. But there's another problem as well, the issue of what's called shrinkflation. And that's where the size of some items that have been sold is reduced, but the prices have not fallen. One French supermarket chain has now decided to highlight this issue in a bid to keep customers more informed. Our John Beaver has more from Paris.
8: Like many other countries in France, some things are smaller than they used to be. But for those doing their weekly shop at Carrefour, they're being warned about it. Signs have been put up next to a range of products. This one warns that the iced tea being sold has got smaller, but the amount being charged by the producer has gone up. Dans une in a period of inflation where it is extremely restrictive for customers, they have an expectation from the brands they frequent, which is to demonstrate very high transparency and above all to support their purchasing power. But when there are manufacturers carrying out shrinkflation, in other words, they carry out hidden inflation, we consider that there is a lack of honesty towards customers and that the customer can be deceived because the product appears to be exactly identical to the pre- previous products they used to buy. The warning signs were first put up next to more than 25 products in September. It's the latest battle between sellers and their suppliers. Some of the major supermarket chains here have accused food manufacturers of keeping prices higher than they should be, claiming prices have risen faster than costs. Consumer rights groups in France have long been concerned by changing weights and labels, and what they see is efforts to deliberately confuse shoppers. They're urging caution and encouraging people to shop around. As always, it's up to the consumer to be vigilant, the same as with inflation. It's the consumer themselves who's making the decisions. It's up to them to be truly vigilant, to check that they can monitor price developments, knowing that shops do not all have the same pricing policies and that you can always go to another shop, perhaps you'll find the same products cheaper. Food manufacturers have said costs have risen for everything from raw ingredients to transport and claim they're doing all they can to keep prices down. Inflation in France is expected to be around 5.5% for 2023 as a whole, meaning food prices are unlikely to drop anytime soon. But these warnings of shrinkflation should at least let shoppers know when things are smaller than they seem. John Beaver, CGTN paris
0: the united auto workers union has reached a tentative contract agreement with ford motor company the four-year deal includes major pay rises for ford workers it could pave the way to ending that six-week-long strike against all three of detroit's big automakers our hendrix brandy explains
5: Word of the tentative agreement spread along the picket line on Wednesday night outside Ford's Michigan assembly plant in Detroit. Employees appear ready to get back to work.
1: I'm ecstatic. I can't believe it, to be honest. So I'm just super excited.
5: United Auto Workers Union president Sean Fain called it a major victory. For months, we've said that record profits mean record contracts. And UAW family, our stand-up strike has delivered. The targeted walkout at a handful of Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis facilities began on September 15th. It was the first time a strike had hit the three automakers all at once. After years of stagnant wages in the wake of the Great Recession, workers are looking for significant pay increases at a time when the companies are thriving. So, you know, we want to get
2: our members off the picket lines and back to work building the greatest product in America. But... We want our fair share. We're not going to continue going backwards as we have been the last 20 plus years. Union! Power!
5: Power! Union! Power! The union first demanded a 40% increase in pay over four years. The company said, given their investment in the transition to electric vehicles and increasing global competition, that was simply too much.
1: It should be Ford and the UAW versus Toyota, Honda, Tesla. And all the Chinese companies that want to enter our home market.
5: The talks were acrimonious at times. Earlier this week, the strike escalated with a walkout at a Stellantis plant that builds RAM pickup trucks.
2: This is one of their top plants. We're sending a message that we want want equal pay. We want equal rights for our people. We're not going to keep playing. So we're going to shut down your bread and butter.
5: Finally, on Wednesday, Ford and its employees came together on a four-year deal that will lift pay over 30% once cost of living increases are taken into account. The union also won a series of improvements in benefits. And for the first time, workers will have the right to strike over any future Ford plans to close factories. The agreement could be a template for deals at the other two companies, as has happened with
1: auto strikes in the past. Hopefully GM and Stellantis can get their deals done, and then that's, I don't know really what else to say, just historic day for us, that's for sure. The new
5: agreement must still be ratified. In the meantime, UAW has called on Ford employees to drop their picket signs and return to their jobs.
0: Hendrick Sabrandi, CGTN, Denver. And that's going to do it for this edition of Global Business here on CGTN. I'm Michael Wong here in Beijing. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next time.